podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Now through June 29th, you can earn up to four times rewards points on your favorite products throughout the store at Safeway. Shop for items like Coca-Cola products, Deer Park Natural Spring Water, Dannon Light and Fit Yogurt, Mott's Original Applesauce, Heinz Ketchup, and McCormick Spices. And earn up to four times bonus reward points to use for discounts on gas or groceries. Visit Safeway.com or download the Safeway For You app to earn your reward points today. Offer valid through June 29th. See store for more details. Welcome back to the Gallagher Shots YouTube channel. My name is Matthew and thank you for being here for another episode of Beyond the Lines. It's the show where we get an opposition supporters view when it comes to previewing Newcastle's next game. And on Saturday at 8 o'clock, it's the Leon Best Bonanza. It's the Steve Harper Classic. It's the Kazenga Lua Lua Cup Final, ladies and gentlemen, as Newcastle go in search of three precious points in a relegation scrap against Brighton. And to help me preview this game, I am joined by a huge Brighton fan. He is a contributor to wearebrighton.com. He is he can be seen at We Are Brighton on Twitter. It's the beautiful, it's the brilliant Scott, ladies and gentlemen. How are you doing, mate? Wow, <laughs> what an intro. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's all downhill from here, mate. It's all downhill <laughs> from here. <laughs> I've not been called beautiful for some time, so I'm absolutely delighted with that. All my guests are beautiful, man. All my guests are beautiful. They're prettier than me, anyway. Uh, everything okay? Are you well? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you. How are you? I'm good, man. Uh, happy St. Patrick's Day to you. I'm drinking Guinness out of not the way God intended, but yeah, it's, it's, it's all, it's <laughs> all good. Much these times. Needs much in these times, sir. Um, we'll start off with a very broad question. A very broad question indeed. Um, what have you made of Brighton's season so far? Um, it's been a funny one, really, because we started reasonably well, but we didn't get the results that we should have done. Um, we then were absolutely god-awful between November, December, you know, the start of January. Then we picked up again, um, went on a good little run, got ourselves 11 points to clear the relegation zone. But since winning at Anfield, we've managed to, you know, get dragged back in again. So it's just, every time you think we're, you know, we're moving clear or we're going to get somewhere, it, it just seems to go back to square one, really. And it's, it's quite frustrating. I can appreciate that because, you know, moving on, Plenty of people, me included, are very envious of your style of play. The amount of people who say Brighton play good football, Brighton play good football, they do it the proper way. And then you seem to be just there or thereabouts in terms of safety. Like you've said, 11 points clear and then it's just been this. I, I didn't even realise this run of form that you went on until I had to look at the table through, like from behind my sofa, through my fingers and realised, <laughs> oh, we're in it with Brighton. But then again, that makes doesn't make me feel great because I feel Brighton have got enough to get out of it. But we'll, we'll come to that. Um, but talking about your style of play, would would you prefer to learn the dark arts a little bit more, play a bit dirtier if it meant better results? Because you are playing a great style of football, just not leading to the results in the long term. Yeah, I think sort of it's all we've basically gone from one extreme to the other because when with Chris Hutton in charge, we were hard to beat. You know, it was defensive football, it was dogged, but you knew that you'd always get just enough, you know, just enough points to. Mm -hmm to get over the line. And then obviously that kept us up for our first two seasons in the Premier League. Then you've got a decision to make really because playing that style of football would only get you so far. So, I mean, the club took a huge gamble in appointing Graham Potter and, you know, there was always a chance it wasn't going to work out because you look at teams like when Stoke got rid of Pulis, for example, and, you know, Charlton and Kirbishley, Southampton, when um, Southampton ditched Claude, uh, Claude Paul, didn't they? And then they were nearly relegated the next yeah. season. All these teams who 
wanted to get rid of you know solid managers with a solid style in favour of something a bit more expansive, and it it never really worked for them. So it, it was a huge risk, and you know last season it it seemed to be paying off because we got 41 points, which was our best ever total in the Premier League, and you just thought that's a good platform to build from. But this year we we seem to have gone backwards a bit in terms of points and. Like, you know, like you say, the, the start of the football is great to watch, but at the end of the day, would you would you rather have fans of every other team saying, well, Brighton are great to watch, but you're going to Luton and Rotherham next year? Or would you yeah. be a bit more streetwise and, you know, stay in the Premier League? So it's a it's a tough balancing act, but I think, you know, I'd, it depends. If you play stock in XG and stuff like that, you know, with expected goals, expected points, we should be fifth in the table. We're, we're one striker away from being a, a really, really good team. And I think that's the most frustrating thing because you can see what Graham Potter's trying to do. You can see what he's trying to achieve. And yeah. we just a little bit. And, it you know, it, the margins are that tight that we could end up being relegated. Yeah. Well, if we look at expected chances and expected goals, Newcastle are exactly where they should be. So <laughs> we're nothing but consistent. Um, you've mentioned Graham Potter there, mate. Brings me on to my next point. Uh Obviously, he's been trying to instill this new philosophy. Like you said, it was a big risk. He came in to play football the right way and had you know, decent results last season. Um, if you were to go down, if the worst was to happen, spoiler alert, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, For the Millers, movie nights were once tradition. Now Sarah could hardly get through the opening credits, not on that old couch. But one day while shopping on QVC.com, she learned Lazy Boy recliners had slimmed down a bit. And in just a few clicks, Sarah got her Lazy Boy chair and a popcorn maker and a soundbar by Bose. And with one quick trip to QVC.com, Movie Night and Sarah's back were saved. Shop QVC.com slash podcast and use code QVC20podcast for $20 off $40 for new customers. This is shopping brought to life. But if you were to go down, um, would you keep Graham Potter on? Are you a fan of Graham Potter overall? I'm still very much in the, you know, the jury's out camp. He does, the style of football's good and, you know, the results, you know, we, we beat Spurs, we beat Liverpool, two fantastic results. But then on the flip side, you know, we've, this season we've won one home game all season. We've won two home games since the start of 2020. You know, two home games in, in 15 months. That's not really good enough. You also look at, you know, our home record, we failed to beat West Brom, we failed to beat Burnley, we failed to beat Fulham, we scraped a draw in the last five minutes with 10-man Sheffield United at the Amex, and that is, in a normal season, that's the form of a side that's going to get relegated. Yeah. So, and, but I think the important thing with Potter is he, he's young, you know, this is only his third season managing in England, he's learning, and for all these, you know, he makes bizarre team selections, yes, he, his game management is poor, but as long as he keeps learning, he's you can see that he's got the tools to to get yeah. to the top. And it's I think it's it's a very, very difficult sort of balancing act for Brighton because you can see you've got a really, really talented manager here, but at, at what risk? Because do you take the risk that you're gonna go down, which is obviously I mean it's it's bad news in normal times, isn't it? But with COVID finances in football are a complete mess, it's not a good time to be getting relegated. So I, I personally think that if we went down, I mean, the club gave him a six-year contract after four wins and they're not then going to turn around and go, oh, do you know what, we've bought this one right up and sack him. So even if we go down, he's still in a job. And you look at sort of 
Norwich this season and, you know, Burnley when they've gone down and you think it's probably the right thing to, if you've got a manager who you think, you know, yeah, yeah it's not worked out this season, but you've got a manager who has got potential and who yeah. has shown that he's, there's enough about him. I think you stick with them in the hope that they bring you back up and then they're stronger for the experience. Yeah, um, I mean, I agree from your sense, uh, definitely. Um, I think if I were a Brighton supporter, you know, if he's went down, you know, you'd want to keep him for that reason. As for Newcastle, if we go down or when we go down, I certainly do not want to be seeing that gentleman in charge ever again. But, you know, such is life. Um, we, I think we're stuck with Steve Bruce for, for a while now. Um, but we'll move on to your squad now. Um, your players, I mean, I've always, when I think about Brighton, I know it's a trope that's been probably you've been beaten over the head with a million times. Your problem is scoring goals. Um, your back line, I mean, I was looking at who you started with at the weekend, and you've got the likes of it's a big back line, it's always been like a physical one. You've got, you've got Lewis Dunk, Ben White, and you've got the you know, the big blithe boy Ben, who's probably gonna you know have a hand in relegating his, his, his boyhood team. Um, it's just on the other end that can be troublesome. Now, you've got Neil Malpai there, um, he can score the odd goal, but you've got Danny Welbeck as well. And if he's fit, do you see him having an effect on your team? Is he a good foil for Neil Mopai? Yeah, I've, you can tell sort of our issue is that the way Graham Potter wants to play, you've got to have very, very good technical footballers to do it. Sort of, you know, mm. the, the quick pass and moves, they've got to be intelligent. And another thing that lets us down is we don't really have players who are in that ballpark with the exception of Welbeck and Lalana. And you can yeah. see when those two are on the pitch together, like our goal against Southampton was brilliant. It was Lalana threading a pass the through tr- a the tiny goal, gap. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, very good. Lalana threads it through a tiny gap, which no other player on the pitch can do. Welbeck with a perfectly weighted one-touch layoff into the path of Trossard. And that's the difference. That's what quality brings. And, you know, we're, we're in the sort of position where you, Brighton are never at this stage going to sign players that good who are in their pomp. So you've got to take a risk on the likes of Welbeck and Alana that you get them in. And okay, they might spend you know half the season injured, but for the half they're fit and available, they can make a real difference. And I think it has shown because when we signed Morpai, it was originally as a Glenn Murray replacement, but the more he plays and the more chances he misses, you can see that he's definitely more suited to being a second striker. Yeah. So having Welbeck alongside him is great because... He, you know, Welbeck can create the space. Morpai doesn't have to worry about scoring, which he struggles with. And, and we look a much better side for it. And, you know, going back to what you said about us lacking a striker, that is the one thing that's stopping us being, you know, potentially pushing for the top 10. If we if we sign a clinical, proven Premier League striker, easier said than done, obviously, because everyone wants that. Mm. But if we get a player in like that, then, you know, the potential is is frightening, really. Yeah, um, and Newcastle supporters uh, will hate me for saying this, but you know, next season there might be a certain Callum Wilson going for cheap. You, you never know. But the thing is, that is that is the type of player who you know Brighton would love to have in their team. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, we were we were linked with Wilson in the summer before you guys came in, but obviously, I mean, we we recorded sixty-seven million pound losses last year. So mm. for us to we're we're already in debt cash, to the yeah. tune of we're already in debt to the tune of four hundred million to our chairman admittedly you know Tony Bloom's a lifelong Brighton fan he's not calling that in but you can't then expect him to go and just keep splashing the cash and exactly yeah and you know it's it's difficult isn't it and I think Potter was under the a bit of an illusion he said in pre-season 
we don't need to spend money. I'm, you know, I back myself to coach more goals out of our current players and that hasn't really happened. So you'd think that at some point, if we want to step up to the next level, we're going to have to spend that money. But right now it just seems, you know, an impossible thing to do. Yeah. Um, well, before we get to Saturday's game, I always like on these on these things to ask people about past memories of this fixture, especially where it's being played, the Amex. And, and before you answer that, mate, um, I have one other thing to say. So as a Newcastle supporter, I know what it's like to have, you know, these instilled moments in time, crystallising goals that stay with you forever. You know, you've got like Bergkamp against Newcastle when he banned Dabby's ass and O'Brien along with people think that was a fluke. Um, but then you've got Rooney's volley at Old Trafford. You've even got Ronnie Bastard Radford that gets played against Hereford that gets played all the time on FA Cup weekends. So I know what it's like to have them goals scored against us, but what was it like to have the best um, goal ever scored against you guys? I mean, of course, I'm referring to Mo Diame's magical finish at the Amex in the championship season. What what was that like? <laughs> no, I'll tell you what, that just sums up being a Brighton supporter perfectly. <laughs> oh, it, it just loops up in the air, deflection here, deflection there, and you just think, how unlucky is that? But then, I mean, actually, at that point in time, it looks like, oh, you know, Newcastle should be going on to claim the title here. And then we lost to you, and I think we'd lost to Huddersfield just before that. But then we only yeah. lost maybe once or twice more all season. And, you know, we were we were seven points clear with <laughs> three games to go. And then David Stockdale lets a 30-yarder wow. from Jack Grealish through his legs in the last minute. And the... The title's on its way to St. James's Park. And I'm off sticking the boot in here. We're, you know, this is the past, you know. We're heading back there, but like, um, you know, didn't the game before that, didn't Stockdale score two on goals or something? Bayak, like, yeah, they were, the, granted they weren't like howlers. There's one where it hit the bat. It was against Norwich or something like that. Yeah, we went we went to Norwich on, um, on I think it was, yeah, we had Friday night in Norwich where we could have won the title if we won. He yeah. scored two own goals and we in 20 minutes and we lost 2-0. And, and then we... Br- Bristol, was it? Yeah, we played Bristol City live on TV. So it was a 5.30 kickoff on Sky. So obviously everyone's been out in Brighton from 10 o'clock, drinking, partying, thinking this is the day we win the title. No way we can lose to Bristol City. Lost 2-1. Then we go to Villa and you think that's a difficult game. We're 1-0 up in the 89th minute. Yeah, title's coming here. We're going to see the trophy. And then, bang, Jack Greedy scores from 30 yards. We stopped now's leg and it's no silverware for Brighton. Well, you know... I would say it was sad, but it was a pretty amazing few days for us. I always, always remember that Bristol game actually because we played Cardiff on the Friday night, and it was sort of this. We'd, we'd already we'd both been promoted, hadn't we? And we were just sort of waiting for this title title chase, and we went to Cardiff and won. And then I remember being in Bristol, staying at friends that night, and uh, you know, just sort of watching the Bristol game in a Bristol bar and winning and me celebrating and people being like, "Oh, I'm not going to do the accent, but saying like a great, great result, great result for City," and I was like. Couldn't care less, mate. I mean, it was spot. I was in Cardiff last night, but uh, we digress. We digress because you know Saturday's coming up, and you know, like I said, do you have any other memories of of, of that game before we move on? Um, no, it was just sort of one of those nights, really. I think one of the goals came from it might have been Richie or Shelby played an absolutely incredible like sixty yard David Beckham s raking pass, but. I thought personally, you know, Newcastle were the best team in the league that year. And for us, it wasn't so much about winning the title because obviously we we haven't played top flight football for 34 years. It was just getting over the line and getting promoted. But then when we were 
you know, that was the whole aim of the season to get promoted. The title would have been yeah, a nice exactly. bonus. But to, <laughs> to then blow it when you're seven points clear with three games to go actually turned out to be quite gutting. But, I mean, the short history of that fixture as well, you know, Brighton at the Amex, you know, you've, you've mostly had good times there, to be fair. Um, and I'm thinking of those, you know, those FA Cup wins. I think he's knocked out, knocked us out the cup twice consecutively, yeah, I think. Very, very satisfying because... Like that was when we just we just come into the championship. So we were, you know, first couple of seasons in the Amex, we were still getting used to it. We were still quite a you know a small club. Mm-hmm. And then obviously Pardew was your manager and he's ex Palace, so it was very gratifying to to get one over on him. Yeah, speaking of long contracts, there you go, Alan Pardew. <laughs> um but we'll move on to the game anyway. Steve Bruce doesn't believe in must win games. Uh, it's all about accumulation of points. But for me, and a lot of Newcastle supporters, this is the closest thing to almost win game uh, that we'll ever have this season. I think if we lose this one, start packing with bags. It's a cup final for me. It's a shame because we're shite in cup finals. But, you know, Brighton have all the momentum. So in, in a nutshell, mate, are you confident for a result this Saturday? Um, no, not at all. Um, the, thing, the thing that you have to understand with Brighton is, every, apart from, I think you are the only team in the bottom six we've beaten this season. Our victories have all come against teams who are who have been in the top 10 at the time. We beat yeah. Southampton, um, or, or, apart from Sunday against Southampton. But the where Brighton struggle, and this again goes back to the striker issue, is that they cannot break teams down. So if any team in the bottom sort of, you know, the bottom six, bottom half of the table comes and sits in two banks of four in front of us, we've had it. We're a lot better playing against better teams who want to attack us because then we can hit them on the counter-attack like with that Southampton goal you saw on, on yeah. Sunday. So in a weird way, I think this is probably one of our, our the hardest games we've got left purely because we don't deal well in these sorts of situations. We've, we go to United next and then we play Everton at home and I'd, I'd say we've got more of a chance to beat Everton at home than we have Newcastle at home. Yeah, well, um, you know, um, your DMs are open, mate, so when you beat us three... <laughs> 3-0, I will be sending you some abuse. Um, before before we wrap it up, mate, um, could I get a prediction off you? Yeah, I think it's going to be a, a KG one which I guess isn't much use to either of us in the, in the long term. Never mind. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, we use take the lead, we come back, or, you know, vice versa. Uh, either way, Steve Bruce will see the positives in a dog shit performance, probably. <laughs> but that is, that is the way things are at the moment, mate. I won't even bother with my prediction. I don't know. I'll probably say 1-0 you guys, but I'm a massive pessimist. You know, like you say, a point doesn't do anyone the world of good. But I just feel like with your... I know you've got a tough run in your last two games aren't great, but I just from the outside looking in, it's just you've got a lot more about you. I think it's going to take a lot for new asset to stay up this season, especially with Fulham um, playing the way they are. But uh, we're going over well-trodden uh, territory here because it's just been my my opinion and everyone else's opinion as a new asset supporter for the last few months. But um, Scott, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, mate. Thank you so much for coming yeah, you on. Too. If you want to follow Scott at We Are Brighton on Twitter. Um, guys, thank you very much for watching. There's some big news coming in the Gallagher Shots YouTube channel. Please keep your eyes peeled on Twitter. But in the meantime, make sure you like the video. Please share the video. And of course, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the Gallagher Shots YouTube channel. Sports Social Podcast Network.